0: Happy New Year. We are back. It's the 5th of January uh, 2021. I have to remind myself to actually say 21 rather than 2020. Uh, I'm here again with my good friend Dov. Um, Welcome to the show. Welcome to uh, the
1: Sourcing Challenge Weekly. And it's amazing that you have survived the last episode, which was around two hours. (laughs) And if you're still keen on listening more, it's amazing to have you back.
0: And if you haven't, and you have two hours to kill, or if you do like me and put it on double speed or one and a half speed at least, then you can get it done in one hour. Uh, Yeah, go back and listen to our um, episode from, yeah, from the end of last year, where we did talk about 2020 from our point of view and in the sourcing realm. Um, But yeah, it was two hours and uh, five minutes, uh, which if you want to watch it on YouTube, um, yeah, we would really appreciate that. It did take a lot of hours for my computer to actually encode that so that I could upload it. So Uh, The podcast was out first because that is relatively easy to, um, to whip the audio from, but the video took a long time. Uh, I basically had to go to sleep and go shopping next day um, to get my computer to encode it because I couldn't touch the computer at the same time, but it was fun. Uh, But definitely don't expect us to do two hour long episodes uh, because it's just too much work in terms of, you know, actually getting it up there. Uh, We might do that in the future, um, but, yeah, it's not
1: something we're gonna, we're gonna make a habit. Well, my, my, you know, we might do it in a different format. So, exactly. and then definitely, the, we, we don't necessarily need a limit. Like we can easily talk <laughs> for like hours and hours and hours. So Whether we record it or not, we're gonna talk, yeah.
0: Exactly. So yeah, if you're new to the show, um, Sourcing Challenge has been around for the last three years. Uh, I have done, I think it's 64 uh, episodes in terms of the interview show. Uh, which is on both our podcast and our YouTube channel. Um, we've done some talk shows last year uh, where we had uh, Dave Gallery and uh, Sophia on for, I think we had three episodes of the talk show. Uh, there's been a couple of tools episodes as well. Uh, if you want to find all of these, go to sourcingchallenge.com. Um, I'm slowly actually working on getting all of the episodes up there. So uh, by the time they did get out, you should be able to actually find all the episodes. Uh, on the, on that. So you can you know, go directly there and watch the video, uh, listen to the audio directly on our website, or you know, as always, you can find us on, on YouTube and all the normal podcast players and, and, and get the audio version of us. But what we do on a weekly basis uh, is that we find what Dove and I think is uh, interesting things, either new videos, podcasts, articles, um, just things that we've seen around the community um, that we think is interesting and and talk about that.
1: I want to start with a very short YouTube video that you've discovered by Maisha Cannon who was on the show previously and she's talking about inclusive sourcing on social media and basically she is talking about how doing a you know, very quick research on Twitter, you can find hashtags and those hashtags would lead to different people in different communities. And as she says, all we need is one person, then you find more people, right? It's like when you go into the forest and you pick up mushrooms, there is a saying that you will never find only one mushroom, right? If one leads to another, it's the same. Um, for me, the, maybe the biggest takeaway for, for uh, from the whole short video was that uh, before she dived into going from one, uh, one hashtag to another, she actually uh, started the uh, timer for five minutes. And she's like, well, because I, go, I dive into deep, I don't want to go too deep. So I'm going to just take five minutes and I'm going to do a quick research uh, that I would not go lost in the rabbit hole. Uh, I'm pretty sure that sorcerers are normally going in rabbit holes, like I, at least I do. I think it's I, an occupational I,
0: hazard, definitely.
1: I mean, I would start with one place, and then forty tabs later, I'm like, "How did I get here?" <laughs> <laughs> exactly. so, so yeah. So for me, that was that was a really cool, uh, really cool thing. And and, and uh, from what I understood as well, she's doing it on a like more often. Yeah. So go check her channel. Uh, she is Talent Genie, and uh, follow her because if she's going to be creating more content, it's free content. And seven minutes is definitely worth of your time to check it out and learn something new.
0: No, absolutely. As I said in, in last week's show, uh, Maisha is definitely somebody you should follow. Um, yeah, I, I hadn't discovered her YouTube channel to be honest either. Um, I went back and I looked at that today. I, I saw that she had this new episode out. I saw that on her Twitter. Um, so I went in there and, there and I saw that there's a lot of content going back that Maisha has put there. I love the seven-minute things. Um, Dean Decosta does something similar, where he does short reviews of new tools and puts it on his YouTube channel. Um, to be honest, there's not a lot of YouTube channels in our industry. Uh, Maisha, Dean are definitely like two of the ones to follow. Um, part of why we we put our show on YouTube as well is that you know to 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 help build up that kind of community of things that it, whether you're new to sourcing or you're just looking for inspiration that go somewhere so you can see. Uh, Maisha is definitely somebody you should follow. And there's a lot of good content going back in in her catalog uh, on her YouTube channel. So yeah, Um, link is in the description. So have a look at her channel and specifically that one about uh, inclusive sourcing. And Maisha is one of the people that I would go to in terms of inclusive sourcing as well. She's a very experienced recruiter, sourcer, um, manager of sourcing teams. Um, You can can hear all about that on, on the interview that I did with her. Um, but also why we keep she keeps coming up um, as somebody that um, is very good at writing articles, putting out new things, and and is good in the kind of content game, and and always have always bases it on her own experience and on things that she has well researched. So um, definitely somebody that I would uh, I would go to and have a look at.
1: And and as well uh, to, to mention uh, what I forgot to say, that uh, what I loved about as well that. She said that she's making a list of hashtags and a list of communities and because I think it's important to 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 think that whenever we're doing a different or a new search you're you're exploring and you're getting information but the question is what do you do with that information? If you save that database with the hashtags for example, and uh, uh, you will even if it 's a year later or i don 't know two years later you will be running a similar search you will already have the base. You will not start from scratch. Yes, you know, in maybe in, in that time, uh, a lot of things have changed and there are new things, but it will be easier for you to go back to that kind of skeleton that you already have if you track that information. So um, I think we already talked about it, but for example, I love as well saving everything that I can, just copying into whatever, whatever way, just dumping it first onto like a note, notebook and then bringing the order into chaos and i'm using Airtable. so for me it's just like i, I separate everything so universities companies hashtags uh keywords whatever it, it's really useful
0: no and i mean this is she specifically talks about twitter but
1: it it i mean
0: Hashtags, is not just about Twitter anymore either. Uh, LinkedIn has them. And if you haven't seen that, definitely. Facebook, definitely. Facebook does that, Instagram, wherever it kind of is. But I think it's also about thinking in that kind of sense is that whenever you do take on a search, I love two things. It's like, actually write down what are the different things that you're looking at? Uh, because like, yeah, you might be going down a rabbit hole and 10 minutes later, you forgot what you're actually looking at. So writing it down so that you know Uh, And that doesn't have to be a hashtag. That could be a company that's like, oh, there's a lot of people in this company that seem to have the skills that I need. Let me dig into that company specifically. I do that a lot and I end up in big rabbit holes because it's like, it's a company I've never heard of. And then you start finding out like what kind of people work there, where did they get people from, where are people going to. Um, But yeah, I definitely need to start, you know, putting a timer on as well so that I, I don't get lost in what I'm doing. And writing down, it's like, okay, I'm looking for this specific you know, skill, this company is somebody I should look at. Um, also, if you're like, if you're deep in, in deep work and you're like, okay, this is gonna be a rabbit hole, this is gonna be a tangent, writing it down so that you know you can get back to it later, brilliant, uh, brilliant thing. But definitely, uh, yeah, starting having a timer when you know you're on sites that can easily lead you down rabbit holes, uh, I love that. I mean, I haven't turned on Facebook for the better part of the last six months for exactly that reason. Because I know, like, you're going to get, like, I'm there for a specific reason, but then I start, you know, reading something and another thing and then one leads to another and, like, you end up looking at cat pictures for absolutely no reason.
1: It's good if you're only looking for those cat pictures on Facebook, but not on YouTube videos, because <laughs> that doesn't end. <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And it's like,
0: well, bad enough, my like my YouTube channel, like, my, my YouTube uh, is used by my daughter, so I end up getting lots of children's shows, so um you know which stops me in some of the things which is quite good because i'm like i definitely don't want to watch that um so there's not so many rabbit holes i can go down but yeah definitely uh have a look at maisha's channel specifically that new episode that i think it came out today um but also look at all the back content that she has There's a lot of i've met maisha and seen her talk a number of times um i know that she has a broad range of um, experiences from recruiting for retail, working for uh, working for Google as a sourcer. Um, so there's definitely lots of stories and lots of you know personal experiences you can build on. Um, so yeah, definitely salute Maisha for for this channel. And then, yeah, as Dov said, I hope there's a lot more coming um, because those kind of seven minutes is, is a, it's easy to kind of you know to get in, um, but at the same time it's like you know we hope that much more is going to come from Maisha.
1: Oh yeah. Okay. What was what, what was the what was for you like one of the highlights of the week?
0: I don't know. I mean, it's it's the beginning of January. You always get a lot of like you know best of two thousand and twenty uh, predictions for the year. Um, I haven't been as much. Like I yeah, uh, we started work yesterday, and I, I actually enjoyed having some time off. And um, other than doing what the two of us are doing, and like doing the show and kind of getting that up from uh, uh, like I spent most of new year's day a new year's eve day actually getting that up um but other than that it's like yeah there hasn't been a lot kind of things that that has stood out to me because a lot of people are kind of slowly getting back to work now um but i do see a lot of those kind of predictions for you know goal settings and predictions for for you know for for 2021 uh which is also always like yeah you you cannot have especially i listen to a lot of podcasts and that's what you end up having is like it's an end of the year show uh, where you're looking at everything that happened. And then it's the beginning of the year show where you do predictions. And then at the end of the year, well, you start, when you look at the predictions you did last year and you found out that none of them were applicable, especially for last year, because it's like, guess what? 2020 was an absolute, you know, dumpster fire. Um, So no matter what goals you had pretty like, it's pretty much like you're, you're sure that you probably didn't reach any of them unless you like been really lucky and you you had vague, goals and then it's about setting goals for a year that you have no clue what's going to happen or if you know if we're still going to be on lockdown most of the year um so So
1: basically we already did our best of 2020. yeah we did
0: our best of 2020. (laughs) i i don't really i i'm not going to set a lot of goals like i'm i'm looking forward to this year uh one um i'm hoping that conferences is going to come back uh what i've seen a lot of conference organizers are definitely looking at like yes when we can, we want to bring back in-person conferences. But at the same time, we know we need to have a hybrid model so that we, like, not everybody's going to want to come or are going to be able to come. So all the conference organizers that I kind of looked at are looking at, can we have hybrid models where we have the in-person, but we have an online or digital version as well. Um, so I'm, I'm going to be interested to see that. Um, and, but at the same time, it's like, I liked having a lot of this kind of content coming out as we talked about before as well we just hope that you know there's gonna be some innovation in terms of how the content comes out so it's not always like you know three days with fifty speakers because it's like you could just like you saturate the market and you know you get brain freeze from listening to that many people
1: um, no that's 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 true and and actually if, if anyone watching has any ideas what how you would like you know even sourcing events to to go reach out to us because yeah. who knows we might we might introduce something later in the year because, Absolutely. because I think that uh, as, as much as we want real conferences to return we need to be really realistic uh, you know UK just went into the lockdown yesterday in complete shutdown of course that's what media says and reality is very different but nonetheless like we, we even if we want to leave or if you want to go anywhere it's impossible and And I believe that still uh, a lot of our movement will be determined depending on whether we have access to vaccine. If we want to have a vaccine and not, that's a very different conversation. We don't want to get into that. (laughs) It's going to be extremely complicated. That's what I'm trying to say. And if, if I was a events organizer, I would really be realistic and and I would go completely virtual, I would skip 2021 for the sake of, you don't know, you, it's impossible to plan anything.
0: No, exactly. Uh, you, you see can't... that, I mean, like, even, not just in our industry, I've seen it in other industries as well, where they're like, uh, there's in the podcast industry as well, there's a couple of events that is supposed to happen. And one of them like, is in the UK and they had two alternative dates. They've already moved it from, it's not going to be in May to later in the year. But even that one is like, uh, like that's a 10,000 people conference where it's like, is that really going to happen in Manchester at like, you know, in September or whatever that is. And, and like the people that I was listening to, they're like, you know, they're industry people that would normally like they're vendors that would like, do we want to sponsor? Do we even want to go? It's like, regardless of where we are, it's like 10,000 people at a conference center. And you know, that is that really I mean, we're nowhere near those kinds of levels. Like, I think the biggest conference that I've been to in recruitment is like 900 people. And that was extreme. Um, And it's definitely like, it was a lot of fun. You didn't actually see 900 people unless you wanted the kind of keynotes. But it's like, it's not, I think we talked about this before as well. It's like, it's not necessary. Um, And I I would much rather have events that are smaller, uh, where we can have social distancing. um, And then it's like that the conference organizers think about like, how can we get a mix between the people who can be here in person um, and, you know, digital. Um, but yeah, you know, that's kind of, and I think in the same kind of vein, it's like, it's January. This is a perfect time for you to think about what am I missing in terms of training? It's like, you're probably not going to have a lot of conferences to go to, which is what a lot of companies and a lot of people spend their you know, the personal training budget on or kind of like, you know, we used to have that dub and I as well. Like, where do we want to go? What conferences? like, you know, what do I save money for? How can I get a ticket to there? Can I help out? Things like that. Am I speaking? Which ones do I want to choose? And that, like, that wasn't necessarily about the money, but it was just about budgeting our time. It's like, you know, I don't want to travel as much this year. So which one can I go to? Can I do more local events rather than the international ones, but it's the same with training. Um, I, I've done a lot of training. I've done a lot of training in person. Uh, last year, well, year before, uh, I worked with Social Talent for some of their in-person training, and you know that was brilliant. But it's not going to be a lot of that happening either. Um, so, like, think about like there's a lot of things coming on. It's a lot of like online training um, at varied qualities. But definitely look at what is it you want to do, and and think about rather than you know spending your whole kind of training budget on going to one or two conferences have a look at what training is out there. Um, There's a lot of us that are working on things, uh, like I'm working with Kim and Gordon Lokenbergs, I'm putting something out in February and March. Um, uh, So definitely look at that. And and I think that that for me is what I always do in the beginning of the year, it's like, what am I missing? Um, I'm always looking at like, I normally have a goal for things that I want to learn during the year. It's like, this is a big topic. I had it last year as well. I think both of us, both you and I did in terms of the kind of social media aspect and, you know, Facebook advertising, Instagram advertising and things like that. And that was some of the things that I looked at during the lockdown um, because I had a lot more time than normally. Um, And that, I learned a lot from that that I can then bring into sourcing and into what we do daily. But that's definitely what I think
1: people should be looking at. And and on the other hand, I think that there's, if we, if if you really look, there's a lot of free content out there. Absolutely. There are a lot of there are a lot of blogs. There are a lot of videos. Like you know, Maisha is a very good example. Yes, it's a very short video, but there are more people who are creating videos. Uh, you know, we just mentioned her right now because that's a fresh video, yeah. and I believe that her channel deserves a follow uh, because the more people follow her, the more content she will be putting out because that's the that's where the motivation comes in, right? Uh, Regarding conferences, I never think that I would uh, suggest for the organizers to consider that the work has changed and the companies has changed in a sense that they might not have those budgets for financing trips or educational stuff anyway. On the other hand, the the virtual events, they automatically have to be cheaper than, than the real events but on the other hand, let's say if going to Amsterdam for a conference uh, would be, I don't know, minimum thousand euros, including the, the hotel and the, the flights and, and the tickets and even more, right? Like it, I think it could be easily 1,200 euros for like three days. Um, and you don't work during those days. Yeah. So that's either it's done through the holidays or it's your employer pays for that. So now when you really consider that's a big amount that the company would be paying for you, and now when that is reduced to, let's say, $150 or $200, they can easily say, well, okay, so choose one event, and we're going to give you like $300. So even with that, you are limited to what you can do. Mm. If you're going to jump on board onto the very first event that's going to be announced, you might miss out on something that's gonna happen in the second part of the year and you will not have that opportunity. So uh, before deciding on any of the events, my suggestion would be just first of all to look, just Google, in your area well now when it's virtual is it's easier but you don't even
0: know i think a a lot of them are not even announcing if they're like i think a lot of the organizers are waiting to kind of see what happens like we're hearing about events that might happen in in, you know in the upcoming months but it's like nothing is a public yet so even that and it's like like personally i'll much rather focus on training um because it's something that i can I can use all year i can go back uh, especially with digital training i can go back and be watch it and use it in my daily life um the conferences is like a lot of it is like you know you get three days full on and then you you kind of spend a week decompressing and finding out uh, like what are these things can i actually bring to myself where uh, a lot of the kind of training is it's like it's, it's self-directed or at least it's not full on like you know what what i'm working with the locum on is like it's a month long but it's for like an hour and a half every day rather than you know you know, full on for a week, um, which so is, people... which is, if
1: you really think about it, which is a lot, it is a lot, It uh, is a lot.
0: but I, I'd rather do that than do like a full day training eight hours, because I know like after an hour, you stop absorbing uh, the information. Um, oh yeah, rather, especially yeah. For
1: example, when it comes to lock and burst, they're extremely technical. <laughs> so you, you really, if you, and, and, and they're really good at what they do, but at the same time, for example, Gordon is very fast. So you really need to, you know, get your shit together and follow and you really be there. So I don't think it would be possible to do it for eight hours nonstop because you just have an overload of information. I mean, it's not even like even the way that
0: Gordon trains is much more about giving people a little information and then letting them work with that homework on it. And then uh, like Gordon's way of training is much more of like, I'll sit with you for an hour and then I see you in a week. Um, Rather than trying to get everything done in a week, kind of thing. So it's like, so that you have, and that's much more what I want to work on. And that's why I'm working with them on that kind of concept where it's like, we'll do something every day. It's going to be something different. So it's more about like, how do we get training in month? And February is perfect for that because it's like that kind of four week thing, especially February this year, which starts on a Monday. Um, So you're going to get four weeks of training um, and kind of have something every day. But it doesn't have to be like, you know, full on one and a half hour and training but even with the training it's like yes you're going to have that kind of theoretical part but then there's going to be like what does that mean in practice let me show you how to do it and then give people the opportunity because you're there live use that it's like ask the questions you have like do you have an example can we try that with this so that next day like next morning you can like okay i i have something new i want to try out and you can try that because that for me is much more powerful than, you know, having been away for three days and you're just like, well, there's this talk and that talk, and I don't really remember everything.
1: And, and another thing, for example, um, this is how my brain works, but as well, everyone is very different. But maybe for those who are at the beginning of their journey, if you are overwhelmed with the information that you're, you know, finding or bombarded, bombarded with, the best way is to actually start making notes of what you find useful in the sense that, uh, let's say, uh, even uh, Maisha's video, right? So she gave you some uh, specific points, uh, like tips, what to do. And basically her video is on Twitter. So what I would do, uh, I would go into start.me and I would, this is my dumpster <laughs> this is where, the, where I vomit my sourcing and, and brain and everything what I can. And then you start bringing in the, 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 the you know, the, uh, some logic behind it, right? And with Start.me, what I love is that you can uh, embed different content. So you embed notes, you can embed websites, you can, you can save stuff. And I even... I remember I was doing the same when I was reading Jan's book, or I was doing Aaron's training. You know how to scrape uh, slack instead of for me going back and forth like on the video when I actually need to do it because this is not necessarily something that I was doing often. <laughs> I, I I wrote down the like the to do list, you know, step by step, and I named the I named that you know that card like scraping slack, you know, and then you start building your own database of Basically, scripts that you can use when you have to, rather than then start doing the you know going in because it's gonna be easier for you in the long run. You know, you might not uh, looking into Slack right now, but who knows? Maybe at some point you
0: will so. No, and if you're in one of the big uh, enterprise companies and and you, you know, there's a lot of tools that you're not allowed to uh, have a look at OneNote. Uh, Microsoft came out with a, a brilliant tool. Which has a lot of those features as well. You can put cards, you could put multimedia, that you can put everything in one thing, um, and it kind of lives in OneNote. So um, I've been with a couple of companies where it's like you know everything is Microsoft ecosystem, but there is a lot of good tools for that, um, and OneNote is definitely one of the ones that I know a lot of recruiters and sources are using. I'm using can, it as
1: well, um, but I'm I mean, using it for a different purpose. I'm using yeah. OneNote for storing the approach messages and and and, and that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah. And I mean, uh, going back as well, you were saying Jan's book is a brilliant, this is a brilliant time for that as well. If you are thinking about sourcing um, training, recruitment training, um, start with the books. If you haven't read uh, Jan's and Katrina's books, um, then, you know, definitely good place to start. Uh, Robot Proof Recruiter and Full Stack Recruiter, uh, of course, the ultimate edition. But with both of them as well, it's like there's just a lot of things in there that you can like just actually starting to read the books. Um, There's a lot of rabbit holes in terms of that, but also there's just going to be something that like triggers something and you're like, I want to learn more about this. Um, Both of them have done a really, really real research book, but it's not the end all and be all. So it's like you'll have things. It's like this is really interesting. How do I find more information about that? and then you find your own little rabbit hole. It's like, that's, I mean, that's how Dov and I learn. That's what most of us, like the, the people that we are close to learn is like, we find something that we think is interesting. And then, you know, we might spend the next two years kind of digging down that rabbit hole and become an expert in that little aspect of our, our, our niche.
1: And at the same time, it's when you are reading something on the subject that you are interested in, you will easily gonna do it on a Saturday, on a Sunday, because if you really want to do it, and it's just, you know, at the end of the day, sourcing is just curiosity, right? I'll never forget when I was working with Andy, and that was, I had no idea what I'm doing. There was a moment when I was losing myself, and I was like, I was headhunting, head like I was sourcing sorcerers. Uh, and that's already an inception and matrix in one. And, and I was reading this book, um, I just don't remember by whom, but I, I got it for free, which was 150 quid or something. It was one of the first books on sourcing, and it was like a massive one. i I found it on my iPad, and I was like reading, reading, reading. On 1 a.m. on Sunday, I was still reading that book, and uh, it it got me hooked completely, like a, like like a, a thriller or something. I was like, <laughs> and then making highlights, you know, just like what, what what how I would read Jan's book is exactly the same. And then what happened that I was reading something that was completely irrelevant, but my brain was like going on on fire, right? It was scanning something and trying to connect the dots. And then an hour later, I was like, oh shit. And an idea came to me, you know, and I remember I was struggling to find emails of people on LinkedIn or something. And then because of something that I've read, I decided, oh, I need to look into into the source code and to see, maybe there's an e- email there. And for 80% of, uh, of the time, the email would, would be there. I couldn't wait to go back into the office the next day on Monday <laughs> morning to test this theory. And then I was sending out m- m- emails to those people that I couldn't find emails. And I was like, what? And you, you, and you, know, you would not be doing that on Sunday night. You know? oh, exactly. Well, normal people, anyway. Well, but, but it just shows that that inspiration for a new idea can come from anywhere, but it has to be triggered by the content that was relevant because if I wasn't reading that specific book, I would not put my brain into I wouldn't call it a work mode mm-hmm. it was just curiosity i I look at sourcing as as a solving puzzle, right because it is a puzzle, it's the plain detective so um yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, speaking of puzzles, uh, another thing that you can definitely do in January, if, uh, if you're thinking about doing training or just getting your, your brain back to work, uh, go to Jan Texas uh, Sourcing Games. Uh, there is God knows what, 20 something he's up to now. Um, I, I, still, I, I still have problems with some of them just getting past question one in some of them. So um, they're perfect kind of brain teasers. Like they're all relevant to what we do. Like the questions are not necessarily something you would work with daily, which is exactly why they're there. Uh, it's for you to kind of challenge yourself and maybe work with your team to challenge each other um, to finish in the different sourcing games. But what you're definitely going to learn is that you'll, you'll learn to do something new so that you can actually answer. Like you, you'll, you'll be searching for like, how do I actually s- solve this? Uh, and it's just going to be like, it's going to be bit frustrating. Uh, you might want to do it at the end of the day because uh, you can easily spend, like if you try to do that in the morning, you can easily spend the whole day. Um, I remember uh, interviewing some of the, the, the sourcing teams in Estonia. That was at the final of the team challenge um, for SourceCon in, in Amsterdam. Uh, and I know a lot of them are kind of like they would have an hour on Friday where they would go in and they would kind of compete against each other on the sourcing games. Like the Nortel team was doing a lot of that. Because they were like, well, we keep learning things, but if we learn together, like we, we, the more, more of us, like one of us is going to have an idea or we'll have to solve it. Uh, and I thought that was a brilliant, brilliant kind of way, especially if you're lucky enough to work in a team. Uh, it's a brilliant way to get closer as a team, but also you figure yeah. out different people in your team are different are good at different things. Uh, we saw that in the team challenge that, you know, the, the, the team that eventually won is like was working as a team. They all had different specialities. Where depending on what the question was, like somebody in that team would be faster at answering it, um, because it's like we're all wired differently in our brain, um, so we all solve problems differently. And and when we come up with questions for these challenges, a lot of the times it's different people that are doing the challenges. So we think differently as well when we create challenges. And sourcing game for that is brilliant.
1: And at the same time, it has a lot of uh, so. For example, in in recent year or so. Jan started uh, creating the solution for hackathons as well. And I remember for SOSU, we were using that as well. And then uh, those hackathon questions, they end up in one of the sourcing games. So of course, you know, the, the, the further you go, the, the harder it becomes, but you get to see how the hackathons are created as well, because uh, you know, I've, I was attending several hackathons last year at the conferences. And sometimes you just really feel miserable. You really <laughs> feel like, oh my God, I, what's happening? Because it can be really challenging, but then you realize that you're the only one who put yourself into a corner because actually there's always a way out. It's just about trying to look from a different perspective and find it. Uh, my, I, I can tell you like my challenges, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to solve it too fast. And I might not necessarily read the whole thing straight away,
0: <laughs> which is a thing you're overthinking. It. It's like, oh, oh no, yeah, no, the solution for this it's uh, this really convoluted way. And a lot of things, it's like the answer is in the question. Yeah. Uh, you know, most of the hackathons, whether it's it's Jan's hackathon, the, the sourcing games, or it's like the online or the ones in conferences, a lot of the time it's like the wording of the question is half of the answer. It's like if you actually follow the direction of the question finding the answer it's going to be much quicker uh but okay. most people m- most of us don't read things like we you know we trained our eye to, to speed read which means like we only read every in like three words
1: yeah, yeah so words, it's like yeah. so we
0: think we know what the question was because like, oh, I, I know like it's a bit like you know finishing somebody else's sentence but that's not what they wanted to say um, so yeah we try to find a solution to a question that wasn't actually asked yeah. Um, which, yeah, I, I do the same all the time. And it's like, you know, you have to really train yourself on, look what it actually says rather than what you think it says.
1: Exactly. But it's definitely a very good place to, to, to go. Yeah. Speaking of Jan, um, I saw he
0: shared, uh, again, on Twitter, uh, he shared a, a list of uh, Google dorks and, um, yeah, updates for that. Uh, if you don't know what Google Dorks is, uh, definitely talk to Gordon Logenberg. Uh, Google Dorks is it's it's one of the kind of things that's used in OSINT, but a lot of us use it every day. Uh, when we say x-raying a site, it's part, part of Google Dorks. So a lot of those kind of operators that you can use in Google when you're searching for things like when we use the site command to, <clears throat> to x-ray into a specific website to find user profiles. Um, this is a really good list. Um, I, I read through it again and I was like, yeah, there's a lot of commands that I don't think about. Like I would use in title or in URL a lot, but I never thought about using all in title. Um, so if, if I have a list of words where I know it's like, I want all of these to show up in the ones that I'm searching for. So rather than trying to make some convoluted, you know, Boolean search with putting and, like putting ors and ands and things like that. It's like, if I don't want it all to be ands, it's like, well then put it in, like make sure it's all in. Um, so that I'd only find results where all of my keywords are in. Um, so definitely have a look at that. And yeah, just generally like follow Jan on Twitter. Uh, he's always really good at the content that comes from Jan. Uh, is either things that he writes and things, but it's, it's well curated content from the sourcing recruitment and OSIN's, um world. Um, and then just generally Jan likes coming out with jokes as well, uh, which Friday jokes
1: that sometimes end yeah. up on Thursday.
0: Exactly. You know, it, it's what it is. But it's like, there's always things coming out from Jan. It's well curated. Um, he doesn't just like, you know, automatically forward lots of things. Uh, it's things that he would have read uh, that he feels is relevant to him and to us and to the community. So definitely follow Jan. Um, but also um, Sanket, who wrote this article, uh, Is there's a lot of different articles on that site uh, about a lot of developer things but like definitely lots of a curated lists as well so have a look at that cool i think i mean that's what i had for this week uh what are you up to for the next week Dov?
1: oh i mean where do i begin uh it's you know with the whole lockdown it's a bit interesting but at the moment i'm actually i'm looking for a job that's my update uh, that's a big update and uh, because the freelance market has shifted drastically and i've seen quite a few of the people that we know uh going for you know more like a permanent jobs and and you know you are one of them as well I, i'm
0: one of them and yeah we saw was it was yesterday where uh shamila van der tunen was was one of them as well uh yeah. To be fair, Shamila works with Willem, who is a very one of the old school sourcers in the, the European sourcing community as well. Like, I probably would have done the same. The company she works for looks really cool. I know, like, part of her team. Um, and in, yeah, that the freelance sourcing slash recruitment industry has been a bit difficult in the last, yeah, years soon. Um, a lot of the contracts that, that we can get are shorter, um, I ended up taking a permanent job exactly for that reason as well. Uh, you know, being a freelancer is all nice and fine, but at the end of the day, you have to pay the bills. And if, if all you get is one month's contracts here and there, uh, it's not, you know, sustainable. Um, so yeah, but definitely anybody out there is looking for a, uh, Good sourcer, good recruiter. Um, I can highly personally recommend Dov. Um, I mean, you. You, you. you can just listen to how he thinks. Like, just listen to this show, go back and listen to the, the episode that we did on the Sourcing Challenge show with Dov um, or any other talks that he's done at conferences. Uh, Dov is pretty much an open book. Uh, but also is somebody that it is,
1: is very <laughs> that's, that's very, easy one. <laughs> very very
0: quick to learn. But also, you do have a lot of experience from from uh, from different companies and different industries that you can bring to any company. Company um, either you know miraculously looking for a freelance, or uh, if they have the right kind of job for a permanent role as well.
1: No, thank you. And actually, if anyone of you is looking for a job, do get in do get in touch with us. Maybe we can we can help somehow as well because the 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 industry is changing and you know, we do have big network of people in the industry and we do see if someone is posting and we can always link, uh, you know, if, if there's a way for us to help as well. Exactly. So maybe so, we can wh- even have a list of, maybe this is something that we can take offline and just think what we can do about it. But, definitely. um, yeah. But yeah. And
0: whether you're in Europe or Asia or, uh, you know, North America, South America, uh, yeah. You know, let us know. Uh, we definitely have, um, a good community of people everywhere in the world. So uh, if you don't know where to go, then we can definitely have a look at that and uh, and see maybe we know somebody that knows somebody. I mean, that's how this industry works.
1: Yeah, because at the same time right now, uh, I think a lot of jobs will be remote anyway. So there are more opportunities, especially for sourcers, because like, think about it. Uh, what, a year and a half ago, there were only several companies that were fully remote. And
0: now- I mean- I not- had to fight with that. Both my wife and I had to fight for that for the last, like I've been working from home for, well, my daughter is six. So yeah, six years now. Um, and my wife is the same thing. And it's, we've had a lot of fights with companies about like, oh no, we need to be in the office. It's like, look, I don't want to. Um, you know, for exact, like I had it early when my daughter was born. It's like, I, I spent six months having to go into London every day. It's like, I see her for an hour in the evening and I'm out of the house before she gets up. That's not what I want to be. Um, which a lot of people is like, they've gotten too much of it because now they're, you know, the kids were home during the lockdown because they didn't go to school and they're like, oh, please let me go back to the office. Um, But at the same time, like there's a lot of us that enjoy being at home and working from home um, and where we don't necessarily want to be in one specific country. So I I really hope that there's a lot more openness about that now um, so that we don't, you know, that we don't have to pretend being in another country just so that we can kind of get work.
1: And uh, I think what was a challenge for me in, in some of the companies that I worked uh, recently when I was in the office that for a source of that's not the environment that is friendly because when you are sitting together with recruiters with the coordinators and everyone is always on the phone and there's chatter and, and you, you're trying to do the search and going down that rabbit hole. All of those distractions, they really not help, And there is a limit, even when you like listening to music, of how loud you can listen to it. Because (laughs) then, you know, you're damaging your ears and that's not what you should be doing. And uh, I think that right now, the big challenge is that, and I've been saying this since the beginning of last year, that, um, you know, there were so many companies who say, oh, you can't work from home. Imagine right now the company, you know, once we get out of this, because it will end at some point, we just need to be patient, saying, you know, you come to them and say, yeah, I I, I, want to work from home. It's like, no, I'm sorry, we don't have working from home policy. You're like, what? I'm sorry, what? (laughs) You don't have, what? I was working from home for like a year and a half. (laughs) Yeah. And you need a policy for that now. <laughs> no,
0: exactly. I mean, there's going to be some people that are going to want to come back to the office and I completely understand that. Um, and then there's going to be a lot more people like, that actually enjoy working from home. Um, so yeah, like I hope that a lot of more come. And you've seen that a lot of the kind of big companies, especially in the US have said like, we will work, like we are now a remote first company. We will be working from home indefinitely. Um, I spoke to a company in the US yesterday as well, uh, recruitment company that says like, well, look, our lease was coming up And since everybody was at home anyway, we just didn't renew the lease. So now we're all working from home and don't see that changing. And I was like, I thought that was brilliant because it's like a lot of it was about like, well, it's the norm that you need to have an office. But, you know, uh, the owner of that company just saw it as like, there's no need for it. And even when we do go back from, you know, from the different lockdowns we have we don't really need to have an office, this works, so why, you know, it, it's going to give me some extra money to spend on other things for the team rather than have to pay rent just for... And imagine for how much
1: money they're saving as well. And people who are not commuting anymore.
0: I mean, it's time, that's the thing. It's like, I used to spend three hours per day to go to and from London, and that was if the trains were on time. Yeah. Um, you know, And like, they're not you don't get paid for that. And I, I, was, I was like, well, look, that's a lot of time per week, like 15 hours per week, just in, and it's not even that you can whip out the laptop and start working. It's like if no. anybody's ever lived in like any of the zones outside of London, like, you know, I was outside of zone six uh, and, and having to have an hour in a train, it's like, yeah, if, if you go in the middle of the day when everybody's at work, I'm sure you can find a table and you can start working. But if you're in the morning and the afternoon rush hour, it, you're lucky if you can actually find a place to stand. Um, or if so, you need like, to
1: change four times, for example. Exactly, which a lot, of, a lot of
0: people don't. I mean, that's one of the reasons that I, I never lived inside, like in the middle of London, because like even my colleagues who lived in the middle of London would spend longer because they would have to change the tube four times, uh, whereas like I can jump on one train and be there. Um, but yeah, things like that, it's like, you don't, and, and a lot of people everywhere in the world as well is driving to work. It's like, other than listening to a podcast like this one, you don't really get to do a lot of things that is productive. Like, it's not like you're going to be on the phone or sourcing and things like that. So yeah, a lot of that is like, we are now able to just roll out of bed and start working, uh, which definitely is going to make us a lot more productive. And we know as well, it's like, once it, you know, whatever that your day finishes, you don't going to stop. You might go grab some food and spend some time with your, with your kids Or you're, you're, you're with your family, but at the same time, it's like, you're probably going to, you know, I'm just going to finish something in the evening because it's right there. It's like, I mean, that's one of the, you know, bad things for some, um, but you much, you get much more productivity out of it and you don't waste the time on, on commuting. No. Cool. Definitely. Look, we'll be back again next week. Um, as Dove said um, last time, this time, if you have anything that you would like us to share or you have any ideas on what you want the show to be about, let us know. Um, you can find dov on sourcewithdov at gmail.com. You can find and me and on LinkedIn and uh in the top thirty-nine. Uh, find him on uh, Instagram and actually so
1: for Instagram, I I do have an account source with Dove, I think. It's it's it has zero content right now, but actually I'm considering start posting there about sourcing and about co- career coaching. So if that's your thing, you can follow.
0: Go follow it up there. Uh, you'll find me. I my email is uh, mark at sourcingchallenge.com. As I said as well, if you missed any of the uh, past episodes, this is episode three. If you missed the past episodes of this show, uh, the 64 um, sourcing challenge show episodes, um, you can go to sourcingchallenge.com. And, um, most of the episodes will be on there, um, by the time that this goes live. So definitely, um, if you want to share this show or any other show, um, that we've done with, with your friends or your colleagues, um, you know, guide them to there where they can watch or listen to all the old episodes and the new ones as they come out. Um, but yeah, that's definitely, that's to be shared. Um, look, you know, if you like the video, if you liked the, the podcast, that's good, but, if you want to help us, then share it with somebody who you think would be, sh- should be interested in hearing what we say, or is interested in the other kind of back catalog we have. Um, share it with your colleagues, share it with your manager, um, and just, you know, keep spreading the word for us.
1: And when you share it, just one thing, don't just send the link or don't just post the link. Write at least a sentence why you're sharing and what you're sharing, because you are sharing it with your community, because someone who's following you, they're, they're your community. That's how you need to look at it. And they make their life easier and tell what you're actually sharing and why you want them to see it. Otherwise, they will just scroll and just scroll and scroll. So this is something that I've noticed as a blogger. So <laughs> what musicians, good musicians do and what they don't. So it makes it gets more engagement when you actually give your two cents of what you're sharing. Yeah, definitely.
0: Look, it's been real. Um, thank you very much for today and I'll see you again next week.
1: See you next week.